0: They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today.
1: This segment is brought to you by Jig Master Jigs. When in doubt, get the jig out. Use promo code PNF20 to save 20%
2: off your jig order.
1: Welcome to the Paddle and Femme podcast, the Bass Fishing for Noobs segment, where we try to improve our skills as anglers angler by learning new techniques or improving the ones we already know. I'm your host, Ryan Milford. the bass fishing for noob segment i'm your host ryan and tonight we have a really cool uh person on here uh some somebody who has caught I, I didn't believe this number i thought it was a typo i had to confirm it and he confirmed it with me over twenty-three thousand bass we have a man by the name of bill schultz here welcome to the podcast Ms., uh, mr schultz
3: well, Ryan, thanks, and and please call me Bill.
1: Okay. I'm I'm from the south, you know. I'm just, just just uh raised, you know, do that by, uh, for respect. Yeah.
3: So well, I appreciate that. <laughs> you're you're so much younger than me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but uh, but yeah. So, what first thing I w- I, I want to ask, you know, before we get too far into it. That number, you know, it was over twenty-three thousand bass you've caught in a what was it, a period of
3: twenty-six years. 26
1: years. Uh, but is that a combination of, of bass? Is that all smallmouth? Because I know you you uh, target smallmouth a lot. Is that smallmouth, largemouth, all all that?
3: No, I'll tell you, Ryan. You know, it's interesting, and I and we'll take a will we'll pick on another little. Bit of a a guy I've never met, but we've communicated, a fellow Jackson pro staffer, uh, Joey Montiglione, who's from Tennessee. And Joey and I are the same age, and he's caught overall more bass than me. But the majority of his bass are largemouth. All of my 23,372 caught and released are smallmouth bass. So uh, yeah, you know it's and you know, it's one of those things and I, I love to have people kind of tongue in cheek, give me a hard time about it. But you know, um, when we were talking earlier, you know, like a lot of us, you know, I started fishing when I was a kid. You know, my dad took my brothers and I and fishing for perch on Lake Mendota in Madison. And uh, you, you know, you get through high school, you're going to college. And in my case, I was on the swimming team at the University of Wisconsin and you kind of get away from it. And then you get into your career and you've got the bug, it's buried there, it's buried deep inside of you. And for me, sitting in a little uh, rowboat up in Hayward, Wisconsin, the Muskie capital up there, the Hall of Fame capital of freshwater fishing, in 1991, the bug bit me again. So 1992 at a sports show, I bought a 16 and a half foot boat with us mariner engine and uh, started uh, fishing again in 1992 and uh, mostly, you know, perch, bluegills, some largemouth bass. And in May of 1994, um, uh, which is interesting because it was the day that I got called by my boss of almost my entire rest of my career from the Medical College of Wisconsin. He called me while I was on the water to offer me the job I then had for over 21 years. So I'm on Delavan Lake and I caught 90 undersized walleyes and I caught 14 of what I assumed were smallmouth bass. And I thought, wow, these are really fun. And so it it took me probably until 1998 to pretty much target totally smallmouth bass. Um, The log thing, hey, we can have a little fun with this. I wrote a feature for Badger Sportsman this this last summer on keeping a fishing log. And I joked about the fact that when I was a kid growing up in the YMCA, all the big weightlifters would write down all their workouts in a notebook. And then uh, I got to my swimming days at Wisconsin and I kept a three by five card in my wallet, keeping track of those yards that we swam every day in practice. And then... um, after that, it was racquetball. That's been a big thing for me. I'm in the Racquetball Hall of Fame in Wisconsin, and I kept a log of who I played. You know, a few little comments. Did I win? Did I lose? What were the dates? So jokingly, it's pretty darn obvious that if I'm gonna start fishing, I'm gonna keep a log. And I'm actually happy that I did. And so again, about 1998, I, that's about all I fish for. Uh, smallmouth bass. Took me about four years to convert totally to smallmouth. I still fish for largemouth, you know, on some waters and in ponds and stuff, but it's, you know, so, you know, I've kept this log and for me, every year I, my goal is a thousand smallmouth. And quite honestly, uh, last year it took me my last day out to push over a thousand. And this year I missed by 36 fish.
1: But that, that's insane to me because it in, you know, you're talking about catching a thousand uh, fish in one year and in six or seven years of me bass fishing, you know, I don't even know if
3: I've caught a hundred total. So. <laughs> uh, well, well, the other thing, Ryan, and I, I'll joke about this, I think as I get older, keeping track of uh, the number of fish I catch every day has gotta be good for my mind. And what's really yeah. good is if I'm out with someone else or even two people, now that's mental gymnastics, keeping track of mine and theirs. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I just tell them to keep up with their own. Yeah, <laughs> I know,
3: I know. I have to tell you, though, you know, you you talk about, you know, I th- think back and, you know, I've done a lot of fishing um, on the rivers in southern and southwest Wisconsin, as well as um, up on, fortunately, the very beautiful big waters of Lake Michigan and uh, Sturgeon Bay, where I now have, my wife and I have a small home up there the last uh, five years. But the the interesting thing is in 2007... I can tell you that uh, I caught 1,900 plus smallmouth on the Milwaukee River alone, uh, just in my waders. I was averaging 63 smallmouth every four hours I was on the water. It was incredible. That's crazy. Now, now, does it count if you catch
1: the same smallmouth twice?
3: <laughs> you know, we got a guy <laughs> at the eight, Ryan. We've got a guy at the gym who's a retired postal worker, and every time I see him. He asked me to, f- to say hi to that one smallmouth I keep catching over and over. <laughs> I think that when they start coming out and going, "Hey, Bill, just leave me alone. I know you catch and release, but just leave me alone." Then maybe I'm catching the same one more than once. But you know, for the most part, these in the waters that I fish, probably I'm catching I'm catching different fish. Although I have a picture in one of my river smallie files of a about a 13-inch fish that's got a uh, little jig right in its tongue well that's the little jig that was on that fish one I broke the line about a half hour before that so occasionally I'm sure I catch the same fish twice
1: Yeah, that man I that, that those numbers just blow my mind and see here um sorry i went blank <laughs> okay okay so with uh with smallmouth you know i don't have a lot of of previous history with smallmouth you know i, I caught my first one this year and it was yeah. very small maybe eleven, twelve 12 inches uh then I, I i caught my second one i've only caught the two and so the second one's my personal best smallmouth. It was like 17 and a half inches. That's great. So I I don't have a lot of history with smallmouth. I actually haven't done a ton of research. I know a little bit of about the the fish. But uh whenever you're looking for smallmouth, you particularly, what kind of structure are you generally looking for with them?
3: Well we're we're took we're talking you know, like two different areas. And if you look at that almost 23 and a half thousand smallmouth, um, about thirteen thousand have come on rivers. And the rivers I'm talking about are not big, big rivers where are out there in a boat or a tunnel hull or something like that. I'm in waders or in a kayak. So on a river, you're looking for you know, really different things. I mean, you know, years ago, I'd cross a bridge on the Wisconsin River and I'd go, what a beautiful river. Now I cross a, a bridge on a river and I go, wow, look at those downed trees. Wow, look at that sandbar. Look at the down side of those rocks. So when you're looking at rivers, you're looking for, in many cases, places where the smallies can hide. Because most of the rivers that I fish are pretty shallow. We're talking a deep area, maybe being four or five feet. You know, on a on a river like the Wisconsin River, which I don't fish enough. Yeah, you might go from two or three feet down to ten or twelve feet, but not a lot deeper. So you're looking for you know rocks along the shore where the where the fish are hanging near the rocks because the currents pushing food out. Or you're looking at the down river side of some some rapids or some faster moving water because that's where the food's being pushed to. Um, you're looking at, uh, I, I years, middle 2000s, uh, a friend and I each wrote, I had a tunnel hole for a year or so. And we're on the Wisconsin River, and we, we pull up on a sandbar, and, you, and in the picture I've got, you can't see that the sandbar does kind of a U, but we stood out at that U with the current blowing by, catching fish after fish after fish, right out of the current being blocked by the sandbar. So rivers, you're looking for that kind of structure. Usually places where the fish the food's coming to them, being, being brought to them, or where they're hiding behind structures. Certainly in the warmer months, um, you'll get fish that'll be cruising. But, uh, you know, so rivers, you're looking for those types of things. Now you take, I don't fish much in between, and this is interesting because, you know, most people are gonna fish if they fish rivers, and they might get to the big water once in a while, but they're also maybe fishing local lakes lakes that, um, you know, two, three, 400 acres or or whatever. But me, it's been mostly these rivers, smaller rivers in Southwest Wisconsin, even like the Milwaukee River, which is actually, you know, pretty shallow, uh, or the big water up on Lake Michigan or Sturgeon Bay, which is Green Bay. And up there, you're you're looking for totally different things. I mean, you're, you know, depending on the, the time of year in the spring, You're you know once things start warming, the fish start coming in shallower to get ready to spawn, and and typically up there you don't have to work too hard at finding locations because so much of the bottom is covered with rocks and and that's what they're you know they're they're looking for. Certainly some areas have boulders and the bigger rocks, fish will hang by those. They'll also hang sometimes at a first drop off. You might be going out six seven eight feet and it might drop down to ten or twelve feet, and uh, so you know, it, it's, it's hit and miss. And, and then certainly, you know, water temperature is so important. Um, uh, I wing it a lot. I, you know, I hate to say that for all you guys that, uh, you know, go nuts with your electronics and go nuts with everything else. I do tend to wing it. And I think the rivers are easy to read. I, when I do my river talks, I, I say this, you know, once you learn what to look for, rivers are extremely easy to read. You start looking at lakes and bigger water, and especially super clear water like we have up in Lake Michigan or Green Bay. Um, then, you know, I mean, I take my 26 years of fishing up there. I pretty much know where to go. Um, I would have to say that some of the new things, and we'll we'll talk about these. But for me, you know, for years I only fished up there in May and June, and that's all shallow water fishing two to six, seven feet of water. And I'll talk what, what works good in those depths. But now I got a place up there. I'm up there, you know, 125, 30 days a year in the, and especially during the season, I said to my wife, Becky, I said, Becky, I have to learn how to catch some of these fish in a little deeper water. Because once we get out of June and into July and August and September, the fish are going deeper. And I'm not, by deep, I'm not talking 60, 70 feet. I might be talking 15 to 20 feet
0: right. uh,
3: and, and in the fall, it might be, um, you know, 25 to 30 feet. I typically, because I, I'm such a catch and release nut, um, and I think what you're even gonna hear me talking about tonight for the most part is almost everything has one hook or if it's got a treble, it's a little bitty treble. So I, I try to take care of the fish, so I try not to fish too deep just for the sake I don't want to, to injure them bringing in them out of 40 50 60 feet of water so
1: I, I completely respect that you know I'm I'm the type you know I'm catching release also and you know I, you know maybe some crappier catfish if I were to go catch some of those you know I don't I don't mind eating those with bass right. though you know I'm strictly catching and release and you know try to let them go, let them grow, type deal, right? So I respect that. Um, but one thing I did want to say with with that water uh, being so shallow that you're talking about on those rivers, you know, what are some lures you you like to use to target that? Mm-hmm. Like I, I, I feel like top water would be really good in all that.
3: Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you what. <laughs> My first lure that did phenomenal and still does phenomenal on rivers and out of those thousands of smallmouth bass based on what I was using at the time, I'm holding in my hand something that I've probably caught five plus thousand smallmouth with alone. And this is the Rebel Teeny Wee Crawfish. Um, It's a one and a quarter inch, one tenth ounce, little guy that swims kind of nose down it comes with these little number 14 treble hooks, and because they do bend and break, um, probably 12 years ago, I began changing out the back one to a number 10, just to give me a little a little stronger hook. So anyways, this, if when I talk rivers, the Teeny Rebel Teeny Weed Crawfish, it swims kind of build down, it's got a great little profile, it's got little bitty rattles in it, and it wiggles like mad. So, you've got incredible vibration that that is an attractant. It's got a nice profile. And the nice thing is swimming like this, nose down, even if you're gonna hang up, you know usually it just floats floats to the top because it is a a floater diver. But again, I've fished this always. It's always with me. Um, and what you've got is you probably for this just to fill everyone in, probably a, a light action. Uh, six and a half, seven foot rod with a, a you know eight or ten pound braid with a fluorocarbon leader. That's how I fish it, and I swim it usually against the current or cross current, because even though they talk about fish waiting for bait to come to them, I have to tell you in my unscientific studies, dozens and dozens to nothing <laughs> swimming at cross current or against the current, giving it even more vibration and wiggle catches more fish. And it also, I think it's a surprise lure it, you know, not only do they hear it and feel it, it um, it surprises them. So the Rebel Teeny Weed Crawfish, the other one, <clears throat> I don't go much bigger. Last year, they came out with the middle craw, which is just a little bigger, probably number eight hooks. Um, I still like the, the little guy. And you mentioned topwater, Ryan. <clears throat> um, probably I don't know. I can tell you the guy—he's uh, the vice president out at Regis University, a guy named Roby Blust, a great smallie guy. I don't know why he lives in Colorado now, but um, he gave me a small little buzzbait, like this Booyah Pond Magic buzzbait. He said, "Bill, this thing is really fun." And I got to tell you, swimming it perpendicular to shore, so that you're surprising the fish. This little guy is a great small river uh smally lure now granted sometimes you're you're bringing it back you get two and three hits and because you've only got the one hook and they're slamming it on top water you occasionally lose fish but when i got started with uh you know rivers it was the teeny wee crawfish and then do you mind should i just keep going and tell you about the river lures
1: yeah okay i I, I did want to say real quick yeah go ahead uh, when I very first started uh, bass fishing, you know, I, I went to Walmart and I picked up a few things. I had no clue what, what to get, and one of the things I got was a little a little setup from Rebel. It had like three or four lures in it, and one of them was that crawfish, and I don't think I've ever used it.
3: Well, let me tell you what they are. Rebel had them. They're called the critter baits, and they had yeah. a, a bee. A, a grasshopper, the crawfish, and one or two others. And obviously, because uh, Rebel has been very happy with the, the amount of uh, fish I've caught on their lures, I have all of them. But um, yeah, you're right. That's what they call the critter baits. And they actually all, I, you know, it's funny. Uh, they're all are similar. They're all the same size, they all got the bill. But I gotta tell you, for whatever reason, the crawfish of the group is the best. It, it, you know, because rivers, the fish feed on crawfish, you've got that profile. Um, Certainly it doesn't look like an exactly like a real crawfish, but I think it's just a better than the other ones. Um, The other thing that, you know, you look about evolving into what, okay, I used a teeny wee crawfish for years and did great, still do great. But then evolving, um, we have a company uh, just west of here, 40 miles in Fort Atkinson, Wisconsin, called Acme Tackle. And they own Kalins. And Kalins is best known for their Lunker grubs. And I can still remember June of 2007, uh, I'm on the St. Croix Pro Staff, and I'm out near Sturgeon Bay, and there was another pro staffer, and my brother was with me, and we went over, and, hey, how you doing? And he said, hey, I'm doing great. Well, he was doing better than we were. And I and so we said, well, what are you using? And he said, I'm using the rep or the Kalen's Lunker Grub. Said, well, really? And he said, here. And he reached in and literally double hand scooped, probably 40 or 50 of them. Obviously, he was getting them from the company. Here, he goes, my brother said, hey, listen, can we pay you for those? No, 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 just take them. Why well, did I tell you, our, our day got better. And the next day was my last day up in Sturgeon Bay <laughs> I parked my boat at about 10 o'clock in the morning when I ran out of what I had. I ran, almost killed me. Six or seven blocks to the tackle shop, bought some more Kalen's Lunker grubs. And um, from 2007 in the fall until still now, this isn't just a great presentation, it's phenomenal. what I'm showing you right here is the four inch smoke salt. I'm sorry, four-inch blue pearl salt and pepper. This is my best river color. My best lake color, clear water, is the smoke salt and pepper. Now, Ryan, I know you, you're trying to believe me about the number of smallmouth I caught, but let me tell you this. In 2014, which I and others think was a peak for the smallmouth in Sturgeon Bay, in May and June, May and June, averaging 43 smallmouth every eight hours I was on the water. And these aren't the 11, 12-inch river fish. I caught 714 smallmouth in May and June. Every single fish, 714 fish, came on the Kalins Smoke Salt and Pepper 4-inch Lunker Grub on, unfortunately, the company's out of business, either a one-sixteenth or 332nd light jigs with a long hook shank gopher tackle. Gopher used to make the best jigs in the world. They're out of business, unfortunately. But the deal with the the, uh, Kalins, thick body, the long shank hook comes right down to the bottom of the body, and here's the deal. Either the four and five inch have a long, wide, thin, wispy tail that when you swim it as slow as possible and steady, and I've got some pictures from rivers where I just held it down in the current, it undulates unbelievable. So in 2007, I added the Blue Pearl Salt and Pepper to my arsenal. And I can tell you that that year 2007, that fall, uh, that whole year I caught a lot of fish on the rivers, but man, in the fall, it really picked up with this. So. This is a great river presentation and a great lake presentation again. um, Six foot six at the shortest, usually seven foot to seven foot six, medium light, extra fast or fast action rod is your best with this again. You know, 2,500 size or 2,000 size reel with small diameter braid and a fluorocarbon leader in the clear water, they have fluorocarbon leader Used to, I used to say twenty to thirty inches. I now put a sometimes a four four five footer on. So, anyways, that's a Kalen's Lunker Grub is a great presentation. I was gonna say
1: with that little jig you said that the company was out of business. You know, from what I could see of it, it almost looks like a uh, like a Ned uh, a Ned rig head, uh, just just smaller. Like no, actually, opener. here's the
3: difference. I'm gonna show you. I am prepared. <laughs> here we'll show you the best Ned Rig jig from Z-Man. There's the one it's a one-tenth, I think. See the difference? For the Kalens and for swim baits, you got that longer hook shank that goes okay. all the way down through the body. But for the little the Ned Rig, which here we go, Z-Man TRD with a little, this is a 115th ounce jig it's much smaller so but it's similar to where and we'll we'll talk about another phenomenal presentation that i just had unbelievable success with at the in september and october this year but we'll get to that well
1: uh was there uh you know you know before the show you were kind of showing me a little bit of, of these lures and there really wouldn't that many too, did did we
3: just go over all of them? No, we didn't, but I'll tell you, I'll tell you a quick story. Um, I'm, I'm now, uh, I've been on the Mercury Pro staff for quite a few years and I used to be with Crestliner. Now I'm with Yarcraft, just because, you know, for me the fiberglass, you know, a little better in the rough water for me up and up on that big, big lake. But, Two, three years ago, my very beautiful Crestliner came with uh, six Plano boxes that fit under the passenger console. And uh, picking up the boat in April, I put um, six Plano boxes filled with everything that you guys and everyone else would think you should fish smallies for. I literally did not touch one of those Plano boxes until November when I took the boat in to trade it in. <laughs> the the what I try to do is I've tried to and, and this you know on on Saturday at noon the big Chicagoland uh, fishing show I'll be doing a talk on the Ned rig and Smalley potpourri. and you're gonna see a whole lot fewer lures talked about than most smallmouth presentations um, I literally for the rivers. I showed you the, the Buzzbait, the Teeny wee Crawfish, the Rebel, I'm sorry, the Kalen's Lunker Grub. And quite honestly, I can literally add one more thing to my river arsenal. And um, many of the listeners have heard about the Ned Rig. Um, I heard about the Ned Rig. I was introduced to the Ned Rig uh, in June of 2016 with a friend up in Door County, we fished a few area it's shallow and caught a few little fish and the next time I tried the Ned Rig was August 1st of 2016. And here's the case where I said I need to learn how to catch fish deeper. So, I'm talking one 115th one ounce jig. And I take my boat and I drive a mile offshore to an island and I love my spot lock on my Minn trolling motors. And so I hit the spot lock and I pretty much sat in the area of let's take two or three 25 yard swimming pools, an area about that big for seven hours. And I caught 62 smallmouth bass. And I'm going, and I'm not from Tennessee or Missouri, but I'm going, whoa, this is pretty good. And this is all in 10 to 20 feet of water. I don't usually do that well in that deep. Well, we're... Later August, and I'm in Southwest Wisconsin on a little bitty river. Deep end of the river, deep part of the river is four feet. So I'm there for four hours, Ryan. The first fifteen fish I caught were on the Booyah Pond Magic bait. I then, between the TRD two and three quarters inches, and the little tubes, which is two and three quarters inches. For the next three hours, I caught an additional 60-plus smallmouth. I'm going, holy mackerel. And what was neat, whereas, the again, the kalens phenomenal. The teeny wee crawfish is phenomenal. The buzzbait's phenomenal. But if the water, let's say the, the bigger fish are in four feet of water, and I'm swimming this in a foot and a half or two, I may be missing The real big fish. So that day, not only was I catching dozens more fish, I was catching bigger fish. Now, I'm talking bigger for a little river, meaning two to three pounds, which for a little bitty river is pretty good. Third time, September 2nd, same island, five hours, spot lock on, 10 to 20 feet of water, 52 smallmouth. So now I've got three experiences in 31 days, and I'm going, this is unbelievable. And I can tell you that from August 1st of 2016 to about September 1st of this year, most of those three plus thousand smallmouth have come on mostly the Z-Man Shrooms Jig, mostly the trd finesse trd and about 98 percent in one color and i'm holding it right here green pumpkin goby yet a lot of the colors work um pretty incredible uh in my mind and this is both rivers and lakes uh,
1: question i got what you, what you got in your hand is the uh the traditional uh ned rig head Yep. Hey, have have you tried the, the type with like the, uh, the little weed guards on them, like the little
3: wire weed guards? Have you tried those out? You know, Ryan, I haven't because the rivers that I fish are not weedy. They're rocky. And let me tell you, for guys that have never tried this and fish a lot of rocky rivers, if you're trying to use a tube that's laying down on the rocks, maybe bouncing along, or even another great presentation, which is like you know, wacky rigging a yum dinger or something like that, they're gonna it's gonna get caught in the rocks. The Ned rig gets caught in the rocks, but because this little guy is buoyant, it stands up like this, so it tends to bounce rather than get stuck as much. In in the water I fish on Green Bay and Lake Michigan, yes, especially on Green Bay, on every rock on the bottom there's scum, maybe a half inch thick. So as good as tubes are up there, it's sometimes tough to fish tubes. But the neat thing about this, the Ned Rig with, and I'm again, you're saying, Bill, that's big water. You gotta be fishing in rough water. You know, the answer is about 90% of the time I'm in two footers or bigger. And there are days that I'm literally in four footers Fishing a 115th ounce jig off the bottom in 15 to 20 feet of water. And you're going, How do you do that? Well, the how you do it, sometimes I go to the one-tenth, still very light. How I do it is thankfully the Minkota's with the spot lock that holds me in place. You won't believe it. Three, four-footers. It holds you like it's magic. And then the boat swings with the wind blowing into the bow. That allows me to fish off the back of the boat, even with this little light jig. So um, I've not, and up there, again, there aren't weeds on the bottom like you're talking about, Ryan, the kind that are going to catch this. So I don't need the little weed guard. So I've really not used, um, I've not used the weed guard once. Um, I pretty much stick with these. And uh, people are really amazed when I tell them, guys, I have to tell you, I'm fishing 115th. And occasionally one tenth ounce, and they go. I don't believe you. I go. Well, the only way I can do it is because my boat can be held, and I can fish with the wind at my back, and my line, you know, it's not being blown sideways or any other way. So that's what I do, um, and it, and it works just great. Awesome.
1: Yeah, I, I was just curious because uh, I recently picked up some of the ones with the weed guard. Um, but that, uh, 17 and a half inch Smalley that I called, it was actually off of Ned rig. It, it was on the, the
3: Z man green pumpkin color there. You know, the thing, and I just talked with, um, uh, Joy Perhaska today, who's the, uh, you know, one of their key guys with Z man. And I told him, I'm, you know, obviously Z man, uh, products and the jigs are going to be big in my talk in Chicago with talking about the Ned rig. And I mentioned our, our podcast and I mean certainly I mostly use the green pumpkin goby but you know there are other colors I mean here's the molten craw I mean it's a great color um, I think similar to the teeny wee crawfish I do think sometimes the color is less important than the motion of the lure And you know, what happens with these you take a river or you take Lake Michigan or Green Bay where you've got current this little guy is sitting on the bottom and it's not just sitting like this it's sitting to where the the current is making it move and making it almost impossible for those smallies not wanting to grab on. Um,
1: what's your personal best smallmouth?
3: Well, I wish I could say I'd caught one over seven pounds. I have not. When I do, I will have a replica mount made. In fact, Ryan, it'll be a lot like that Great big bass you have behind you on the wall. Oh, wait, that's Billy Bass that sings. Um, no, I I have to tell you, I've, I've caught um, up there, up in there in, in Sturgeon Bay, uh, you know, about 650 or 700 fish between four and six and a quarter. My best, I have a number of fish in that six and a quarter range. Um, it, It's just, it's really sometimes the time of the year, that very early part of the year, the opening of the season, in certain areas, you've got that possibility of the seven, seven plus pounder. Uh, for me, um, it's been uh, three or four fish in that uh, six to maybe six and a third pound range. Lengthwise, you know, uh, probably eight or ten fish, 20 inches to uh, or twenty, almost twenty two. Um, so I'm still waiting. Uh, you know, for my seven pounder, that again will be uh, pictured, weighed, and a replica. Well, whenever you
1: get that, I want to see it because you know, in to me, a you know four and a half, five pounder in a small mouth is
3: a really nice fish. It is. It's I a- shouldn't. I don't mean to a downplay because no, 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 I didn't. No, no, The uh, my way of doing it, if you look at all the pictures that I have that I, I use in my talks or just to show people, if I'm uh, up in Sturgeon Bay, a fish needs to be four pounds before I take a picture. And I do not, as you would expect, um, you know, I, I love it. And I and I have many, many top guide friends up there, some of the best in the, the world. And, um, you know, you got the guys in the boats that say, you know what, man, we were out there, we caught 10, 20 inches. And I go, what? Yeah, the guide said, man, that's a nice 20 incher. And <laughs> as my other guide friends say they need a new a new scale. But you know, they all, you know, they pick up an 18 and a half 90, hey man, that's a nice 20 incher. But um, I think the, you know, when I'm on a river, you know, if I've got my, you know, I carry my uh, D10 Canon, which is a waterproof camera, you know, I'll take a selfie sorta of with, um, or holding them out at arm's length, two pounds when I'm on rivers. Um, But uh, this year, uh, I had a great, um, exciting time in my, my, I busted my butt to paddle through some damn big waves to get up a place called the Mink River, which I don't like to fish in the spring because it gets hammered. But in the fall, I went way up the Mink River in my kayak on September 22nd, I'm sorry, 27th. And amongst the numbers of fish I caught was a 20 and three quarter that weighed six pounds And that fish, if you saw the picture, it looks like about a seven and a half pounder. But I do carry the boga grip, so you don't catch me exaggerating on weights either.
1: That's awesome. Um, You know, me, uh, you know, I'm fishing a kayak, it's the kayak fishing podcast. You know, a lot of us, you know, I I try to, you know, if I catch a big fish, you know, I got a scale on the kayak to weigh it but we're usually going by, by length. Yeah. And, uh, and, uh, what was it? I believe it was around September, October. One of the other guys on the podcast, Brian Schiller, you know, he caught one that was about, about a smallmouth about 20 and three quarter inches. And, uh, and I I don't know how much his weighed, but that one was pretty nice. That, that same weekend, I believe it was, I, I called my personal best largemouth,
3: which is 21. Oh, that's great. Uh, well, you know, I was going to say, you know, the one thing is, and again, I mean, fishermen are noted for exaggerating, but one of the great things about the kayak tournaments and kayak fishing in general is with the trough, there's no BSing. You know, if I've got that 20 and three quarter inch fish and I've got it. There up against the end of the trough, and it, there it is, twenty and three quarters. And yes, I do carry the boga grip, so I get a chance to dope both, you know, length and weight. Um, yeah. on the on the big water. personally, I think weight trumps length on rivers sometimes length trumps weight. And the reason is that in in Sturgeon Bay, I've got pictures in my Sturgeon Bay talk, where I've got a 16 and a quarter inch smallmouth that weighs four pounds and a 17 and a half inch fish that goes way over four and a half. I mean, it's almost unbelievable how fat some of these fish can be. So, you know, up there, if you ever get up there with me, Ryan, you're going to go, you know, wow, is this a fat 19 inch? And I'm going, let's get a weight on that because that 19 inch could be five pounds. Whereas on a river, that 19 inch could be not even four pounds so that's on the big water i think weight trumps length and that's where again i don't get me going i'm not a huge weigh in at the you know take the fish up on the stage and weigh them in person but there yeah, is an ar, yeah there's an argument to be made that if if the all the boat tournaments went to major league fishing which i love Uh, You go to Sturgeon Bay and one guy catches a 19-incher that's four and another guy catches a 19-incher that's five and a quarter. Boy, that's two different fish. So, you know, they'll figure it out. But we got to get you up there sometime, Ryan. You're not that far in Tennessee. Man,
1: there are a lot of places that I'm wanting to go to. (laughs) You know, I've always stuck around, you know, my local waters because, you know, I've had a hard time, you know, trying to, trying to put it all together and finding the fish. And this past year, 2019 was actually my first year actually doing decent at bass fishing. Mm -hmm. And like, I I guess it's been about seven years now since I started. And, uh, and, but, but I always say like, why travel to go fish somewhere when I can't even catch fish around here?
3: Well, you know, you make it, you know, I'll tell you, here's, here's the point. Obviously Wisconsin top to bottom and Tennessee's got great places. I mean, top to bottom, Wisconsin, I mean, you drive eight hours from where I am right now. You got the Chequamegon Bay up there. The limit on smallmouth is one fish, 22 inches. That's almost, I mean, that's unheard of. But um, the next I love having, we're very fortunate to have our our small house on Lake Michigan and Sturgeon Bay. But what happens is if I drive the 170 miles door to door, I don't go anywhere else. My boat's up there. Um I keep two or three fishing kayaks up there. I keep fishing kayaks. I have kayak trailers in both locations. If I lived up there, for example, which I'd love to do someday, then maybe i jump in the car and go to northern Wisconsin with my boat or up to the Menominee River, which is on the other side of Green Bay. I mean, I can make it across to the Menominee River literally if it's calm in 15 minutes in my boat. But then the wind could shift And I might have to hitchhike home to get my trailer 90 miles away and go back and get my boat. So, yeah, no, there's a lot of great places. And it is a person can waste a lot of time driving and going to places if you've got decent places near your house. Yeah, yeah. I I, I do have good
1: places around me. Uh, Some of them I just recently found out were as good as they are um some of them are very highly pressured which could be the issues why I had issues you know fight fighting them because you know those, those highly pre- high pressured waters or you know you you know you got to give them either something that they don't see every day or or present it perfect and just, you know, being new, probably wasn't doing any of that. <laughs> well,
3: you know, here's my obviously, and you you know this, but if you find an area that is pretty good, that's not pressured, keep your mouth shut. Um, you <laughs> know, um, we have a we have a monster website out of our area called Lake Link. That n- numbers of pages looked at, it ranks in the top three or four in the country, and uh, I remember. Quite a few years ago, a guy put up a post about a little river southwest of here. Man, he said, I caught two 18-inchers. And he was bragging about it. And two weeks later, there's another post and he wondered why, when he got to his little river in the parking area, he couldn't find a parking place. That's because he opened his mouth and he shouldn't have. You know, that's just, you know, I mean, if you got a good friend that you can trust, but if you find something you know, keep it to yourself. We
1: well, that uh, that makes me think of something. This weekend, I actually got a tip on a spot that they said was a a good place to go to fish, and uh, so I, I went and checked it out this weekend, and uh, like, I just went to the boat ramp just to look around, and got to talking to this this gentleman that was there. Said, you know, he was in his sixties. Said he had been fishing out there his entire life you know he he was just fishing from the bank this time but uh, he, he said he's got a boat and uh you know that this is a well, this is a river and a look well uh anyways he started showing me pictures of fish that he's caught over the years of, of this place a lot of spotted bass like big spotted mm-hmm. bass and uh, a lot of just He had like some big uh, stripers and, you know, just all kinds of, you know, big fish on here. I'm like, this is crazy that all these big fish are in here. I've I've never heard anybody talk about fishing
3: this river before. Well, you know, chances are he's kept his mouth somewhat shut. The other thing with rivers, typically, um, if you get away from the dams and the bridges, you're going to do a lot better because most people... They go where it's convenient, and they fish from shore or whatever, and they're by the dams and they're by the bridges. And if you are in your kayak and you can paddle a mile or two, or you're in your waders and you're somewhere where you're going to walk a mile or two, you're certainly going to do, you know, you know, tremendously better. You know, the other um, I was going to I want to mention, and I've I've kind of covered for your listeners, you know, some really uh, you know good lures. And and also, Ryan, I mean, if, you know, certainly I'm, I communicate with a a group of about eight to 900 Smalley enthusiasts that have, you know, they come to my talks and stuff like that. And if any of your podcast people, you know, email me at smalleycentral at gmail.com with a question, I'm pretty good at getting back to them. The other thing I got to tell you, you know, we all learned something new and I showed you literally my small little arsenal that's helped me catch the majority of all those thousands of smallmouth bass. And I'm going to show you something right now that's, I mean, again, a lot of people like to use swim baits. They're very similar to the Kalins. Uh, You know, you just swim them slow and steady. Um, I'm holding here a Kytec 3.3 inch fat swing. And I have to tell you that um, for the very first time at the end of September through October, through the end of October, I used this and I used it um, in some pretty deep water for me, 25 to 30 feet, swimming it on a um, one quarter, one fifth and one third ounce, both the VMC mushroom head jig, as well as um, uh, Z-Man has some um, professional grade, both the, uh, the shrooms as well as uh, another, another one of their jigs. And I gotta tell you, it was phenomenal. Um, The negative to it is, as great as this is, it's very, very fragile. Meaning where, you know, on a Kalins, I might catch 10 or 15 fish before it starts having a problem and even when it does, I can bite a little bit off the end and re-thread it. By the way, the Kalins were designed to swim tail down from the hook. It doesn't matter. I don't, it still does the same thing. But man, the Kai tech is unbelievable. But if you can catch more than two or three fish on one after biting off the end and everything else, you're you're going to do pretty good. But this little guy, um, I had some really great days at the end of October on the big water, swimming it in 25 or 30 feet of water with a fairly heavy jig, and it was great. Uh, and that's now a, a one more item in my arsenal, which is, as I showed you earlier all those items more than don't even come close to fitting in my soup bowl so uh, I do I do try to keep it uh, pretty simple because I just more lures are are produced to catch fishermen than they do to catch fish so I've tried to I've tried to narrow it down to what really really works for me and fortunately it's not me saying oh yeah by the way I caught You know, I caught, you know, this year I caught 150 smallmouth. You know, no, I'm out, you know, catching certainly uh, uh, a lot of fish every year on this small group of of lures.
1: You know, it's funny you said that because uh, with the, uh, you know, the lures being designed to catch the fishermen. Because I was actually, I learned that the hard way. Uh, i can't tell you how many things i bought because i love the color and <laughs> you know the fish didn't seem to like the color too much but uh i was actually telling somebody that the the other day you know they were looking at uh something like oh that looks cool that looks good i'm like but does it look good to the fish or just you so that's
3: well and you know the other thing that this This multiplies out, Ryan, And let me, you know to all the all the the fishermen that are listening, once you start, okay, I do spinner baits, I do crank baits, I do jerk baits, I do top water, I do this, I do that. Well, now you're in many cases looking at a, a whole variety of of rods. And I'm you know fortunate enough that for the last twenty two years, I'm into my twenty third year of being on the St. Croix Pro staff, so I've been very fortunate to be able to fish some great rods. But if you look at all the rods that I have, you're going to see the majority of them are six foot eight to seven foot one medium lights and mediums, meaning they're all good for the Ned rig. They're all good for throwing the swim baits. I do jump to a seven, six medium light extra fast, you know, for, for, for some of the swim baits, but um, for the most part, and and you know you've you've got people that and you've got a rod sitting there behind you. You've got a lot of people that oh I want to try bait casters. I want to do this. I've got a lot of rods, and um, I have one bait cast rod. I have a Mojo seven foot one medium heavy, extra fast with one bait cast reel, and I got that rod last year. I've never used it. <laughs> um, uh, I, you know, and the other thing is you've got, um, and again, I, I, again, I, I consider, I'm, I'm grateful that I can fish, you know, the legend X, which is a 400 plus dollar rod, but I have to tell you, and I just a tip to everyone listening, if you like St. Croix rods, I would say, uh, take that same amount of money and buy three Mojo bass rods. Um, the Mojo bass, 140, $150 comes with the avid blank, which the avids are two to two hundred and fifty dollars, so you jump to that blank on a hundred and forty or one hundred and fifty dollar rod. I absolutely love the Mojo rods, so um, you don't you don't need to break the bank to have the rods. But the nice thing with what I'm using here, pretty much everything I've shown you, I could grab. Honestly, a six foot 10 medium light extra fast mojo or legend X. And I could fish every single item here with that rod, except I might have to. I like to go to a light action when I'm throwing the teeny wee crawfish. So, you know, but I could probably throw it with the medium light. So, what I've done is I've not only narrowed my lure selection down to what works and works well in a variety of situations i've also it's allowed me to narrow my 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 group of many rods down to a lot of those you know those lengths and those actions
1: that's awesome and like i i carry one spinning combo with me it's like a medium light and i pretty much just use that for uh for either ned rig Mm -hmm. or or uh there's a company here in Tennessee. Uh, they've been around for a while, but surprisingly, a lot of people outside of the Middle Tennessee area don't seem to have ever heard of it. But it's called Slider, mm-hmm. and uh, and they got the these little little jigs, it's almost like a like a bullet head. Uh, I've heard of Slider. yeah, yeah, and they they got these uh, like these four inch worms, little paddle tail worms. I like I like to throw on there. But other than that, I'm using a bait caster and usually like a, I think I carry one rod that's a medium and well, a bait let caster me, and then a me, medium. Let pennies. me again
3: show you guys, everybody, I want you to see all these lures. How big are they? They're all, they're all one and a quarter inch to 3.3 inches. And I want to tell you, here's from a guy who's caught almost 23 and a half thousand smallmouth. Big lures, yes, catch big fish, and occasionally small fish. Finesse presentations, catch fish of all sizes, and catch really big fish. And um, uh, I, I will tell you the one, uh, here's the little tip. And again, you look at rivers, the medium lights are fabulous for the Ned rig. Um, August of uh, 2018, last uh, two years ago, on Lake Michigan, I don't lose fish when you're using just one one hook you, you don't lose fish and I'm Ned rigging and I on the 12th and the 14th not only did I catch some very big fish up to six pounds and 21 and a half inches I unfortunately lost five or six four to five and a half pound fish and it was driving me crazy and all I could figure was that with the Ned rig of on these really big fish? Now we're not talking 16, 17 inch fish, we're talking 19 and a half to 21 inch fish. My thought was with their bigger mouths, and I'm feeling and I'm setting the hook, with the medium light, I may in some cases, not all, not been getting enough power into the the jaw. So 2019. I, up in Door County, Sturgeon Bay, I didn't fish any medium lights. I only fished mediums. I think that little, little bit stiffer rod made a difference, um, because it just gave me a little extra backbone to set the hook on the Ned Rig. It's not as big a deal when you're doing a swim bait, because when they hit a, a Kalins or a Kytec, boom, they're setting the hook themselves. Uh, a Ned Rig, they're sometimes sucking it up a little bit, and you've got to set the hook. So when I go to big water, I jump to a medium action. So, you know, just a little tip there.
1: All right, cool. Yeah. Well, I got a couple questions that I want to ask you. I try to ask these at, uh, towards the end of, sure. of every interview, just to get different people's perspective, but uh, let's say that somebody brand new to Bass fishermen comes up to you and they're wanting to get into it and so they're gonna go to whatever store they're gonna go to to, uh, to uh, pick it they want to pick up three lures to get started uh, what three lures would you tell them to pick up to get to initially get started in bass fishing
3: you're they're right in my hand <laughs> I, I had, had a feeling are.
1: this was going to be a pretty easy one for you to well, answer.
3: Well, it is easy because these are all easy presentations. I mean, um, in all the years of talking about the Kalen's Lunker Grub, I had one guy on my group email me. He goes, Bill, I used it. I had no luck. And I emailed him back guy, I go, how did you use it? He said, oh, I was bouncing it along the bottom. I go, no, swim it as slow as you can and steady. If you touch the bottom, speed it up. Everybody can do that. The same with something like a Kytec or another Swim-type bait. And of course, and I wanna tell you something, don't be afraid of the Ned Rig. And again, my wife is downstairs, and Becky's coordinated. She's, she loves walking and wading in rivers, but I gotta tell you, she's fished the Ned Rig a number of times, and she does really well with it. So these are all really easy to set up. I mean, one hook through the lure, and they're really easy to fish. And the nice thing is, for a newbie, these all could be fished on the same darn rod. If you said, hey Bill, I want to get these, what should I get? I go, overall, get yourself like a six foot, ten, or seven foot medium light St. Croix Premier Mojo or Triumph, and you're ready to go. And you can buy a hey, for $59, you can buy a, a Fluger President size 30 and you are good to go and fishing with better stuff than most of your friends so there's my answer easy hey, I, I like it and, and i just wanted to say on
1: top of that uh the spinning combo i carry with me i've got a like a 20 dollar uh, quantum spinning reel that i've used for what probably four close to four years now but may, maybe even longer than that. It might be closer to five years. And, you know, it seems like spinning reels, you can get away with
3: going a little cheaper uh, sometimes, if you have to. They're, they're, what they're doing, Ryan, is I think in the last 10 years, they're making them better. And that's where a 20 or $30 reel, I typically say at $50. You know, you look at a $59 mm. Pfluger president. You look at a, you know, I mean, that, Fifty nine dollars to ninety nine dollars. When you're looking at the Fuego, you're looking at the Revo X, you're looking at the uh, the Supreme, you're looking at the uh, President and the President XT. I mean, most of us could live our lives with those reels. Um, they're phenomenal. And uh, although every once in a while a good thing comes along, like I uh, put out to uh, you might have seen it on Facebook, where um, the Abu Garcia, MGX Rebo, $299. They've got them on sale on their website for $149 and with a special code 120. Tough to pass up. Yeah, I I bet. Yeah. So anyways.
1: All right. So my next question I like to ask people for somebody brand new to bass fishermen, what's one piece of advice you would give
3: them? Well, uh, well, I think a good piece of advice is don't get nuts with buying a lot of stuff. Start off simple. And I joked with you before we got going, you know, the, you know, kiss, keep it simple, stupid. I use it, keep it simple, Schultz. And and the point being is I, when I'm doing, you know, I do talks at the biggest paddle event in the country I have for 10 years, Canucopia. copia. I do talks at you know the biggest shows in in the Midwest. And what I try to do is if some I want people to walk away with some really good things they can get but not have to spend a ridiculous amount of money or buy too much. Point being, um, if, if I'm talking you know kayak paddles, you know the paddle is the one thing that most people, don't spend enough money on. But I feel that anytime you, this is my opinion, I'm fortunate enough to be fishing with, uh, you know, Benning branches pro-angler carbons that are 25 ounces, but for $199, somebody can get a manta ray carbon that's 29.5 ounces. Um, My point being is, if someone walks away from my talk on Saturday, and they thought they needed to spend 250 or 300 bucks on a fishing rod and they go, oh my God, Bill told me I could buy a $140 St. Croix Mojo. I am so happy because now I can use that other 100, 150 bucks to buy myself a, a $59 reel and a bunch of Z-Man, Kalins and uh, Kytec stuff and now I'm ready to go. So my advice is before you buy a lot of stuff, do a little fishing And maybe talk to some of your buddies and and see what works. Sometimes it's tough to do because, you know, I've been in the store and the guy walks in next to me and says, "Uh, you know what, I'm going to Canada. What's your best rod? What's your best reel? And tell me what are the best lures to use. And obviously the store guy is going to give them a whole litany of things. Whereas if that person talked to me, they'd be spending less money. I like it. Keep it simple.
1: I, I think that is a big issue with people when they first start out is they they don't know a whole lot about it. So they just start buying everything everybody tells them to, they need. <laughs>
3: and you know what, Ryan? Everybody, everybody, I mean, many people have had success. Tons of people have had success with what I'm talking about, but other people have had success with other things. And um, I'm going to you know, again, when, when you communicate on a regular basis with 800 plus people that are all decent, smallie guys, and you make your recommendations and then you start getting dozens and dozens and dozens of emails back with people having success. That makes me feel good because what it tells me is what I'm preaching is working. I'm not, here's the deal. Did, did Kalen's call me up and say, oh, by the way, Bill, we'd like to send you 50 packages of the Kalen's Lunker Grub so that you can talk about it. No, I used the Kalen's Lunker Grub, had phenomenal success. And then I contacted the company. You wanna know what they said to me? They said, oh, Bill, thank you so much. We'll sell them to you at our best price. And you know what I said, I this is, I mean, I just said, you know what, guys, I'm going to show you why you're going to want me to just use them. By the middle of that winter, during my talks, the president of the company called me up and said, Bill, thank you. (laughs) Point being is, I I want to tell people about things that I've had success with. I don't want to tell them about things, Ryan, that somebody just said, oh, Bill, you do all these talks, you write all these articles. Here is this. Would you talk about it? And I go, no, but if I use it and I have tremendous luck with it, hey, then I'll talk about it, but not before. I just don't want, I don't want anybody, I don't like people to say, hey Bill, you know, you were telling me all about this. That's a lousy lure. Did Why did you, why were you t- getting so excited about it? I'd rather say, you know what, why I got excited about it? Is because from August 1st until, the end of this season I've caught three and a half thousand smallmouth on the Ned rig using the TRD and the shrooms jig. That's those things I find are tough to argue. Yeah. Can't argue with that. No. And that's, that's what I'd rather do. Well, Bill, I appreciate you coming
1: on here. You you're full of knowledge and you know, you seem pretty, pretty natural with this. I guess you gotta be, if you're uh, doing seminars and stuff, um, Love to have you back on here some, some other time, you know, talk, talk some more about it.
3: Anytime. Um, I, I enjoyed it, Ryan. And, and here's my invite to you. Um, before I get too old, uh, come on up to Sturgeon Bay sometime, make a road trip. Uh, and we'll, you know, you know, we'll go out. I, you don't even have to bring your kayak cause I got kayaks up there or, you know, it's always fun to jump in a boat with a 200 Mercury and then we can make <laughs> some big runs. So,
1: <laughs> hey, it, if I can, we, we'll make we'll make it happen.
3: Yeah, and if I ever get yeah. through Tennessee, um, you
1: know, yeah, like I'll, I'll, I'll uh, you know, I'm gonna be breaking down a river that's actually really close to me that I don't fish a whole lot, the Duck River. I'm gonna be trying to break it down this year. It's it's kind of a more shallow river that's known for smallmouth, and I didn't realize how great it was until this past year. So I'm going to be hitting it more often. So you ever make it down here, you know, you you can show me how I need to fish this river.
3: Well, here's what we're going to do. I'm not going to send you any, you can get the Nedrick stuff, but I'm going to send you some samples of what I want you to get. But what I will do, I will send you um, a few packages of the Kalins because that is a, you know, that's, uh, that's a great shallow river presentation. And especially you need to use in the shallow rivers that you like your two and three feet deep you use a little like a, uh, ounce jig like this and you're good to go. So we'll get your address. I'll send you a few things.
1: Okay, cool. Yeah. You know, I'll, I'll pay you back for them just, just to give them a shot. Uh, real quick. Do you want to give a shout out to, you know, your, your sponsors and, and maybe go over where people can, contact you like shout out your email again or if you got social media you won't or people follow you or all that good stuff
3: well i'll tell you the one thing is and i and this is what i i tell people when i'm doing my talks i'll probably have a hundred people at my talk on saturday and i actually hand out a little slip of paper that with my small central at gmail.com email and you know what they can do and no i see no other speakers doing this they can email me if they come to my talk, and get a PDF of my presentation, uh, which is pretty neat. But anyway, so smallycentral at gmail.com, if you've got any questions. The other thing, and again, um, the companies that I'm involved with are all companies that I used before my first, 1998, my first pro staff was St. Croix Rod, and I like to tell say that at the point I'm going, why? and I said, I better start doing something to make this worthwhile. So in 1999, I wrote my first article, 2000, I did the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel Sports Show for the first time, and, and fortunately, um, some other pro staffs, uh, Jackson Kayak, Benning Branches, Paddles, Aquabomb Paddles, Malone Auto Racks and Trailers, Mercury Marine, Yarcraft Boats, previously Crestliner, uh, Kalins, um, and then probably another 15 to 20 Sponsors. Um, I have a lot of fun, Ryan. And I don't think, it, you know, if any of your listeners, though, are in the Northern Illinois or Wisconsin area, um, on April 22nd, I will be doing my 10th Smalley Night Out event. And it has been proclaimed the best smallmouth evening in the country. Um, I charge a whopping $16. I pack a room that's decorated in antique canoes with 130 plus people. Um, people show up two hours in advance. They can get a meal. Um, I do a talk. I bring in a, another top speaker. I have uh, Doug Schreiber, who had a TV show and a top big water, smallie guy. And you know what's neat about it, Ryan? Nobody leaves early, because at 8:45 on the dot, when our second, my second speaker's done, I then do a free drawing. And last year, I gave away seven thousand four hundred dollars worth of great items from all of the companies and more that I just mentioned. St. Croix Rods, uh, Orion Cooler, Paddle. Um, hey, even a trip to Door County with me for two, which is worth about 500 bucks if I was a guide. So if anybody's in that Northern Illinois or Wisconsin area and wants to come to Small Night Out, it's a fun event that people love. So anyways, thank you so much for giving me the chance to be on your podcast. Um, I look forward to hearing what people think about what I said, and I look forward to being on again sometime, Ryan.
1: Yeah, definitely. we'll we'll get you back on here again uh, sometime in in the future. But I appreciate you coming on, Bill, and talking about this and everybody, you know, go check out that uh, that small night out he was talking about. I know we got a lot of listeners up in the Illinois area and stuff since this that's where the uh, podcast originated at is in Illinois. Uh,
3: well, I, but- I will tell you that, I was, I was. Again, the in the states that have uh, smallmouth alliances, um, they do a great job. Nonprofits that really push, you know, smallmouth conservation. I was happy last, and they do a great event in Illinois, and uh, and a lot of people from northern Illinois are on my group and drive, make the drive, fifty, sixty, seventy, a hundred miles to come up for the event. So, um, I, I think if you want to come, just email me and. I'll make sure you have the information.
1: Awesome. Well, once again, thank you. You're welcome. And, uh, everybody else, get out there. Um, get out there to his uh, uh, smallest night out. Check him out. Other than that, guys, tight lines, smooth paddling. Great. Thanks, Ryan. We'll see
3: ya.
2: Go check out the website, guys. Paddle the letter N in Fin com. Also, check out YouTube youtube.com forward slash paddle and finn if you got a question comment but want to hear from a future guest feel free to email us at paddle the letter n and finn at gmail.com don't forget to follow us on social media we're doing giveaways announcements things like that at facebook and instagram at paddle and Fin. shout out to our show supporters rocktown adventures leveling canoe and kayak hammered lures, fish mob lures, TRC covers, catch products. Go to catchproducts.com. You can put the paddle and fin logo right on your catch board. Don't forget to go over and pick up your Jigmasters jigs. Use promo code PNF20 and save 20% today. Don't forget to rate and review the podcast on whatever platform you're listening to.